Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. My name is Adam Homey. I am your host, and I am honored by your wise decision to tune in and invest in yourself today. As the name says, we are business creators. We're entrepreneurs, small business owners, local business owners. We are marketing and business coaches, consultants, and mentors. We are the business creators who help others market and grow their businesses. And on the other hand, we're the do-it-yourselfers who like to have our own, own hands on the levers. If you are one or more of the above, and many of our listeners are all four of the above, in fact, I'm all four of the above, please take a moment, explore our episodes, discover how we help you win at the game of business and marketing at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. Also check us out on iTunes. Just subscribe to Business Creators Radio Show. You'll get fresh content every single week. Over 190 episodes on a variety of topics await your immediate perusal. Every five-star rating is greatly appreciated and helps us help more business creators just like you. Today is going to be one of those episodes that we all need to hear from time to time. And whenever I get the opportunity to interview folks like our upcoming guests, I jump on it because... We can talk about social media strategies and Facebook ad strategies and, and, and offline sales and high-ticket sales and copywriting and all the things that we as business creators need every day. We can talk about team building. We can go on and on and on. But in the end, it's not really worth it unless you're doing what you need to do to live a fulfilled day. And that is why I am so excited by today's guest, Tony Grebmeyer, who is the founder of ShipOffers.com, which, uh, is a, which is a company that does fulfillment services and much more. And he's also the host of the Tony G Show. And I'm so happy to have Tony G on Adam H's show today. Tony, welcome aboard. Hey, thank you very, very much. I appreciate the opportunity to be on your show and to uh, hopefully serve your audience well. Oh, I know you will. So here's what we're going to do today. Um, you have, as you told me in the green room, a very inspirational story about the journey that you've taken as you've reached the place where you are today at the intersection of your brilliance and passion serving business creators. And I know it kind of reaches back to uh, back into your childhood when you were figuring out at a very early age how to make money and how to do entrepreneurial things. So what I'd like to do for now is just turn the stage over to you and, t and tell us about that journey because, I mean, it inspired me, and I think it will help some of our listeners as well. No, I appreciate it, Adam. I mean, I grew up with humble beginnings, single-family home. Uh, my mom worked three jobs to put food on the table uh, for my sister and myself and her. Uh, my parents divorced uh, when I was uh, three months old, so I didn't really grow up with a mommy and daddy in the house, right? What I what I saw was what everybody else had around me, which was, you know, the typical family, a mom and a dad in at least the neighborhood I grew up in, and there was like this chemistry, right? Mom, mom stayed home, cooked and cleaned, got the house ready, dad went off and had a job, came home, mom got ready for dinner and slippers and that was the typical thing that I saw growing up. I grew up in the 70s, so if it doesn't look like that for you, follow along on the story because I think a lot of the things that I'm talking about are similar that everybody can relate to. So I saw that growing up. So I saw the perfect white picket fence family. And what I really struggled with was that wasn't my reality, 
my reality was um, my mom literally at the end of the month had like 19 to 20 cents left in her bank account to put food on the table for my sister and myself. She was a full-time uh, teacher teaching special education, worked two to three extra jobs on the side to find money, did what she needed to do to provide for us so we could stay in somewhat of normalcy growing up. She wanted to do her best to give us an opportunity to grow. And in the neighborhood, well, there was a lot of opportunities for us to see entrepreneurship, business owners, and people out there living out their dreams. And so I was inspired at early age to hustle, to make money, to figure out how I could contribute, to how to even help my mom put some extra food on the table for my sister and myself. So at an early age, I just got started doing odds and ends. It didn't matter if it was pulling weeds for the neighbor, painting fences, if it was hanging Christmas lights, you know, taking the trash out for other people, going to the Goodwill, whatever it was, finding ways. So I think by the time I was 18, I held something like 16 different jobs. And I had various, yeah. uh, you know, kinds of jobs, you know, the typical gardening stuff to all the way to delivering pizzas, fast food, working at an arcade, working at the boardwalk. It didn't matter. Hustle was my middle name. And I really needed to figure out how to provide. Um, now, my dad, on the other hand, amazing human being, but he was my first mentor that I followed. Unfortunately, um, he inspired me, but he also, because of him, led me down some dark paths. Um, I watched my dad make millions of dollars. So what did I do? I emulated that in my young days and made millions of dollars. Then I watched him lose it. Well, guess what I did? I lost it. And then I saw him make it again, and so I started making money, and I stopped right then and there, and I go, oh, cool. I need to figure out how not to lose it like my dad did so many times. My dad ended up was an untreated alcoholic towards the end of his life. He got a dementia and Alzheimer's. Um, and I'm, I'm giving you a gap because I think in all of our stories, there is a gap, and we need a bridge to cross that gap. We need to go from being stuck to I don't know to – getting the tools and the resources today to help us get across that. We don't all have to go through some horrible event to change our life. We just have to begin to reflect on where we've come from and to say, you know, what, what things have I done along the way that have served me and what things have I done along the way that have hurt me? And if I start spending my time focusing on what I've done and realize, oh, you know what, I am nine years sober today after almost wanting to commit suicide and having a knock on my door and, somebody rush in to save me and give me a big hug and tell me that my life had meaning and purpose. Like I am that guy that everybody would talk about, like, you know, his life's miserable. He's totally caused chaos and harm in his marriage. Like, like him and his wife have been, you know, divorced for three plus years. They have two small kids. You know, he, he, he's losing it. He's, he's totally living a life that anybody shouldn't be proud of. But then on the other hand, I've been able to repair that marriage and coming up on 19 years have, Two teenage boys. We've been traveling, you know, four different times to Europe over the last year. Um, I've been able to build a eight-figure business with two of my childhood friends. I've been able to literally transform my mindset from a I don't think it's possible to it's a totally doable thing, and I can do it today and every single day. And you talked a little bit about living a fulfilled day. You know, you could change day to life, but that wouldn't work for me i got to live today in the moment, in the present, because that's what I have. I have an opportunity to be on the show with you today. We all woke up with a heartbeat. We're all listening today intently. We're all breathing, and we're not taking notice of how many breaths we've had to this point in our day. And what does that mean is, like, I teach people to stop for a moment and just take a deep breath. No matter what you're going through, no matter where you're at in your journey, it's all going to be okay. 
but you probably need to stop for a moment and take your two fingers and put them over your neck and feel your pulse. And just to realize, like, yeah, you know, you've been through pain. My father molested me. I was able to say goodbye to him at his age when he was dying. You know, I have almost wanted to commit suicide. I was addicted to almost every kind of drug you could possibly imagine under the sun that I could get. And I'm here to tell you I don't need drugs today or alcohol to live a great life. And, and I've been able to rebuild from almost a million dollars in debt. All it says was I made a decision, and that's what most people forget to do is make a decision that you want to change and then begin to find people to help you get to that next level, whatever that next level looks like. Maybe maybe you have a four-figure mindset today, and you just would like, I would love to be able to have a little extra money to put food on the table for my kids to pay a little bit of my debt off, so I'd love to get to a five-figure mindset. It sounds really small, but it really actually begins to transform your life when you begin to change your thinking. Your thinking changes your habits, your habits changes pretty much everything in your life and then when you got all of that figured out you need coaches and mentoring and that's what I loved about your intro today Adam about who you are talking to you're talking to my core audience who I help every single day in my life in my business we don't just offer products and services and fulfill packages for customers we ship over 40,000 individual packages every single week from our our operation here in Colorado what I really get to do is talk to business owners who are out then changing people's lives. That's what I get to do. And I get to help inspire them, and I, I get to show them like what's possible, where they didn't see things before, and what's available. And that is starting to figure out, like, what would you like your life to look like? If there wasn't a need for money, and if there wasn't a need to, like, feel like you had to do something, but you could figure out a way to be, just be open, be honest, be real, like, what would you want to do? Well, for me, I would like to take my family, which I've been doing, and keep traveling and seeing the world and keep seeing poverty and keep, keep seeing all of these things to be reminded of how far I've come and to know how far we need to go as a country and as a nation and as the world to be able to help people get out from poverty and how I can begin to leverage my connections and change people's lives. Because Gandhi is the quote that I live by, which is, be the change you wish to see in this world. And so everything that I have really came from starting out with a mom who did anything and everything to love my sister and myself through the good, the bad, and the ugly, to put food on the table, to show me values, right from wrong, teach me lessons, help me to have a great education. I sucked as a student. Um, to go to school, to find a sport, to play, you know, something that I was passionate about, how I transferred that into a radio career, a radio career lended myself to being in Silicon Valley in the early 90s, getting capped into AOL, Earthling, Prodigy, CompuServe, figuring out how I could take a laptop part-time while I was working a full-time radio career, um, you know, seven days a week more or less on the radio, and I could, you know, dabble on a laptop, build web pages. And one of my business partners today was also one of my childhood best friends, and he was working for Mattel designing Hot Wheels. And so, he was working his full-time job with a part-time idea, which was like, hey, this thing called the Internet's going to be big. You want to do it? And I'm like, sure. I had no clue, but I had a vision, which was I wanted to make for myself money so that I didn't have to see my family struggle or like I watched my parents struggle. And literally in that moment, I got tapped into the Internet. I've been on it since 1996, and every single day – I've really taken life's lessons as all obstacles and really just know that I'm moving forward. 
I've got tons of support. I still have the same childhood friends that I've had since I was a little kid in my life. I literally work at communication is key. If you ever get a phone call from me, watch out. It's probably FaceTime because I want to see you. I want to interact. I want to be with you. I want to get distracted from all the noise and the chaos that's going on and really simplify our life down to conversations. So I'm honored to be on your show today. In a roundabout way, I gave you just an obstacle course. You know, your life's going to have ups and downs. The one thing that you have to work on more than anything else is your mindset. And then you have to become your word. And then you have to be honest with yourself that that's what you're committed to. And then you go out and find and team up with people who are passionate, who have somewhat of the same alignment of kind of goals and aspirations and dreams, and you work with them to kind of get to where you're going. You don't have to have them on the same page with you. But you want the same mindset, that they're willing to, to be there today when the going gets tough, and they're, they're going to be there to call you out when you are not doing what you're supposed to be doing. You know, sobriety for me was the key that got me focused. You know, when you almost want to commit suicide, um, and that happens, um, you know, something big is, is there's some greater force in the universe that stopped me, stopped me in my tracks stopped me in my tracks and gave me the opportunity to uh, turn my life around. And so I'm here today, Adam, as an open book. You can ask any question you want, and I'm here to just help any guest or any person on any path of their journey to know that they are worth it and they're not here to quit. They're here to keep moving forward, and and I'm here to encourage you. Wow. Uh, That is quite a story. Normally we get – two to three minutes worth when I ask that very first question. And, Tony, I want to thank you so much for your willingness to play along with us here and show that level of vulnerability. That's a very inspiring story, and it makes me think of some things in my own journey and and the journeys of others that I've heard about. See, one thing you and I had in common is from a very early age, we were interested in entrepreneurship, finding ways to make money. And for me, as a child of – my thing is I wanted to have a grass-cutting business. Now, the problem is is we lived way out in the country. I mean, we're talking 45-minute round trip to the nearest convenience store, rural-type living here, where everybody lived on an acre. And there were just not a lot of opportunities to, to go around. There was only so far I could push that little lawnmower to, to find jobs. Uh, and it was it was quite frustrating. I wanted to kind of strike out on my own and start developing my own money. I could not wait to hit that magic number to turning 16 so I could get a license and get a car and get a job. And I think a lot of us have our own initial motivations for wanting to jump in. Mine was, and I'll just, and I've said this before on the Business Creators Radio Show uh, when we've had episodes like this, and I'll say it again, my initial motivation was I hated the clothes that my parents insisted on buying me, and I wanted to have the clothes in the merry-go-round. Now I'm dating myself because I'm talking about something that was uh, a really big thing in the beginning of the 1990s. So my thing was I wanted to go get a a job and buy my own wardrobe. Now, my parents saying, oh, of course, you don't have to worry about that. You don't have to buy your own clothes. Yeah, and I don't have to wear these ugly sweaters with these these collars from, like, the Saturday Night Fever era either. So, uh, you know, uh, know, take it it as a – is a token of my appreciation for how much you do for me that I'm going to take this on myself uh, is kind of how I phrased it, although I think I did a little more bluntly in my 16-year-old mind back in that day. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I, and uh, and one of the one of the ways I tried to reason, I do remember this, is I said, look, I know you guys have a, a little fund you've been putting together for my college and my sister's college and what have you, and I know that uh, at the end of the day, after you've gone through all your expenses, there's only so much money to put into it. So now that I'm taking on some of these things for myself. Uh, that's less stress on you. So if you want to put more money into that, you can. If you want to keep some money for yourself, you can. Uh, I was trying to show a little bit of independence. You know what else is funny from your story is you and I got on the Internet at the exact same time. Um, uh, so it was 1996 is when I actually discovered this thing called the Internet. Uh, and I found out that as a student at Penn State, I had this thing known as an email account. So I was like, wow, I have an email account. So this is back in the day when you use the computer in a lab. I mean, I'm dating myself again, standing in line waiting to go into a computer lab. And you had to take a three-and-a-half-inch floppy disk with you to store your email on. I mean, that's the day we were living in, if you, if you remember any of that. So, <laughs> so well, Yeah, 100%. I, I mean, the, totally get it. Yeah, yeah. So I, so I, I logged into my email, and I found all these – people from my high school era that were trying to contact me and my first thought was you know you people were total jackasses to me why would I want to be friends with you now you think a year erased all that so I didn't follow up on any of it that that was my experience you had a different experience which we're going to dive into in just a moment so uh from there I started exploring these early e-commerce websites at the time, I had my 1988 Chevrolet Camaro, which was my childhood dream car, and uh, I was uh, you know, saving up to put a mad system in that thing. I ended up with a stereo system that was worth three times the value of the car itself, let's put it that way. And I spent two years saving up for this, getting together all the equipment. I made friends on the auto sound competition circuit because uh, they were all they were constantly buying new stuff and upgrading their systems and then they would dump the stuff they had bought just six months before um, onto the market for pennies on the dollar and I would snap that stuff up I wasn't looking to compete I just want I just wanted a base machine I didn't care if it was the uh, if it was the uh, June 1996 model versus the April 1996 model so I got some great deals there and what grabbed me were these early e-commerce websites that sold things like subwoofers, amps, custom door panels, custom ground effects, neon kits. Remember back when we used to put neon on our cars? Oh, yeah. And I wanted to get, I wanted to get in on this. And I actually spoke with this company that sold these custom door panels. Because back in the day, they didn't soundstage cars at all. And what I mean by soundstage is position your speakers in your car from the factory where it would create a nice soundstage and didn't feel like two speakers off in the corner. Anybody who's familiar with the third-generation Camaro knows that the front dash speakers are way up in the dashboard, and you only hear a tiny little bit of them because they're wedged in the corners. So I found this company that sold the custom door panels that put the, 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 the speaker right in the door panel where it should have been and angled it to create a theater-quality soundstage. I wanted to become a reseller because a lot of people had those third-generation Camaros and Firebirds, and I knew some of the people on the market. I could make some money with that. And I allowed myself to be discouraged because I, when I took this to my family and such, um, they gave me no support on it, basically, telling me, you know, why, why am I so worried about these money-making schemes? And, oh, by the way, how much have you invested in the stock market? 
Now, Tony, to this day, I don't know much about the stock market. I have a financial advisor. When he explains it to me, it makes perfect sense. And I do check the numbers. I do contribute to the conversation. And I am interested in doing what I can to make the numbers go up. But that's not something I have a passion for. I had a passion for selling the door panels. But I let myself be talked out of it. And I recognize that that was my responsibility because I could have pushed back harder. But this leads to my question is, and I think you had some experience with this and maybe you've heard from others, is when you yourself have that drive where you want to have the fulfillment in your life, have the fulfillment in your day, and those around you don't support it. Or in the way they don't support it, they think they're saving you for something or or showing you that they know something better than you do. How do you handle that? Oh, it's so funny that you mentioned it today on my uh, Facebook I posted. When people seek to undermine your dreams, predict your doom, or criticize you, remember that they are telling you their story, not yours. Uh, it was a quote from uh, Cynthia, and I can't pronounce her last name. So I use it as pretty much inspiration and motivation because um, what I've learned is – I'm attracting a certain type of mindset into my life. So am I working on surrounding myself with people who are going somewhere or people who are talking about where they come from and not going anywhere because they're, they're just rehashing old stories. So I am surrounded by dreamers and doers, people who are, you know, working really, really hard on their dreams. And, you know, we all get stuck a little bit along our path, but I think most importantly, it's it's really you know, for me, it's an awareness to remind myself that, um, you know, I feel sorry for people who, um, you know, they're hecklers. They're, uh, they're not, they're not there to help me, but I also have to remind myself, you know what, not everybody is in alignment with where I'm going. And so I think if I'm mindful and I'm really, I have that mindfulness about me and I'm aware of what I'm doing and I've told people, right. Cause we all have a fantasy mindset, you know, in that mind is, you know, Oh, I want to, I want to go to Italy. Okay, cool. Italy is a pretty big place. Where would you like to go? Um, like uh, the south. Okay, cool. So where in the south would you like to go? Well, you know, along the water. Okay, well, look at a map. It looks like there's a lot of water. And get really, really clear first and foremost. So then you're like, I'd like to take a trip to the Amalfi Coast. Okay, that's fantasy. Now you're going to tell your yeah. wife or somebody in your life, and that's the possibility. Now you're speaking a possibility. Now you're speaking something into existence. What happens is it's something big. It's magical. It's almost transformational. It's no longer just a thought in your mind. It's an action that you could actually work on taking. And so now by me speaking that possibility, it actually has like a little bit of a vibration. And the universe now hears that. Now people say it's woo-woo. I say, hey, whatever works for you, keep doing what it works for you. But if you're not getting the results you want, maybe you should listen to maybe what could work for you. Be open-minded. And so I then say, okay, if I have this possibility now of going, how am I going to make it a reality? There's a gap in between this. This formula, you can use this for business. You can use this in relationships. You can use this pretty much in everything. So in between the possibility of you taking that trip and the reality of it happening is just some time. And so you have to begin to ask yourself, who do I know that has traveled to Italy before and who's gone to the Amalfi Coast? And then who's gone to a little town called Positano? And I'm like, well, I don't know a lot of people. I've never really seen it. I just kind of feel like I want to do it. So are you asking anybody today if anybody knows anybody that you could talk to? And most likely the response is going to be no. Because we are, 
we have gotten away from what was the essential teaching tool when you were in elementary, junior high, and high school. When the teacher needed something, you raised your hand with a response, vice versa. We yeah. stopped asking. We just stopped asking for things. And so what did we do? We tried to figure it all out on our own, and then once that happened and we, we got disappointed and things didn't work our way, then we got resentful and people were out to hurt us, and then I'm like, oh, my gosh, there's all these namesayers now, blah, blah, blah. It's just because I was attracting that mindset into my life. I don't care what you think of me. I really don't. I care about what I think about myself. Now, do I value your opinion? Yes, in the right context. Do you want to have an open conversation? Hey, Tony, your, your ego seems a little big these days. Okay, cool. Can I, can I ask you some questions where you came to that, you know, kind of response? Well, yeah, you know, you just seem to have all these nice things going on in your life and you're traveling a lot with your family and, you know, you're, you're running a business and you're doing, okay, cool. All right, let me filter some more stuff down for a moment. Um, do you see me helping others? Yes. Okay, cool. Do you see me giving back to my community? Yes. Do you see me sharing the good in the world and not talking about the negative? Yes. All right, so what are you really seeing? And that goes back to that quote. It's a representation of themselves. They're jealous of where I'm at because they're not there. Now, the same opportunity happened for me when I was younger. I saw people around me, and I would always criticize them instead of have compassion for them and go, gosh, you know, they have overcome so many obstacles to get to where they want in life. So really what I do is it's, it's really I'm changing words. And we talked about in the very beginning, if I can change my behaviors, my thinking, my life will change. It'll get better. And so when people come at me with negative kind of thoughts uh, around like maybe something going on in my life that they think, I really try to hold up a mirror and say, what's really going on in your life? You've heard about this, Adam, all your life. Like when you point fingers at somebody, oh, yeah. you point four back at yourself. So I, yep. really, I really just keep the basics, just the basics. And, you know, one of my, my personal journeys, and this has helped me to appreciate life and appreciate the people around me more and have fulfillment in my life and in my day, is learning to see people as they really are. I, I mean, it was, it was so easy for me, uh, especially, let's say, during my college area and my, in my 20s and things like that, to look at some people around me and say, wow, they were, they're really goofy. Uh, and that was a very bad thing for me to think. And now I encounter some of these same folks. It's funny how the circle of life sometimes keeps bringing the same people in. And I approach them completely differently. And that thing that I used to find annoying about them is the thing that I now found the most inspiring. Because what I've learned is to take a closer look at what brought them to where they are. And one of my revelations, and I've said this before, is uh, people ask, for the truth, and I say there's no such thing as the truth. So that leads to a pause. They're looking at me like, what do you mean there's no such thing as the truth? Uh, of course there, there's the truth. Really? Really? Because you, Tony, you could look at a series of events through the prism of your experiences, your beliefs, your worldview, the things that have happened in your life, you know, what has formed the vision of Tony. I could look at those exact same set of events through my eyes, my experiences, what's for me, we could give totally different explanations of what we saw, and we could both pass a lie detector test with flying colors. Because a truth 
is something that is unique to each one of us. Now, that doesn't mean that we pretend that facts aren't there, but it also means that we can look at the same set of facts and come to different conclusions or come to different analysis of that. And once I got my head around that concept, that developed for me a new level of compassion, a new level of understanding, and a new level of openness because it gave me a window to be able to look through other people's eyes and become more educated about what I was seeing. Whether I agreed with what they were saying or not, it gave me the pathway to be able to recognize and respect their point of view. And again, without having to accept it or say that I was wrong and they were right, be able to see why somebody might see something that way. And that is a much better place to be than saying, well, no, um, uh, I'm going to debate you until uh, 3 o'clock this morning, and uh, I got my phone out, and we're going to Google things, and I'm going to show you. That doesn't work. No, I love that. That's really good. Yeah, so that was one, you know, of, you that know, was one of my epiphanies right there. Go ahead. One of the things, Adam, so we were talking a little bit, and I don't want to leave the audience uh, hanging with that whole uh, – possibility to reality because I did say it was applicable in all areas of your life. So what happens in between possibility and reality um, is what you played when you were a kid. A lot of us played a game called shoots and ladders, right? Lots of ups and downs. I've experienced tons of ups and downs in my life getting to where I'm at. And so what happens is, is we're, we're going towards that thing, that, that dream, that wish, that idea that we think is going to be the most important for us in our life, and we are going along, and all of a sudden, we play the game pitfall. Now we're really dating ourselves, right? So we, we fall down, and now we are looking up, and we go, oh my gosh, do you know how far I have to go to get back? I was so close, and look what happened. And what is the biggest transition in my life is getting a coach or a mentor, getting somebody who has the results that I, I'm literally looking for in my life. You know, when I got sober, the program teaches you a very simple tool. You know, you get a sponsor, right? Why do you get a sponsor? Right. Because he's sober and he, he'll show you and he'll go through the steps with you and he'll begin to talk to you about how you can live your life without needing, to, you know, drinking and drugging. And so we all kind of need our Serpa to get us back up the mountain. We all need somebody to kind of guide us along. Like when you were born, I don't think anybody said, you know, Adam, here's a journal. This is how your life's going to go. It's a manual for everything that you need. On page 26, you're going to find this lesson, and at 49, you're going to find this lesson. We didn't have that. But I began to write my journal so that I can begin to help people go through some series of learning uh, episodes and worksheets so they can begin to see for themselves and as you guys are listening today, I want you to understand something. In each given week, we've got 168 hours. You know, that's what a seven-day week looks like. And if I really take 40 hours and say to myself, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sleep, for me, I sleep five hours a day. So you need to adjust it for whatever you sleep. Um, so 40 hours of my, my week is a, a, you know sleep. So now I only have 128 hours left. I work, you know, 60-plus hours at work. I'm just going to make this up. So now I've got 68 hours left to serve my wife, my family, and my friends. And that's a lot of time. And if you want to put a little side job as one of the little boxes down below, is like your part-time dream or your vision, you can put that down below. I ask everybody, how much time are you really spending on yourself? 
and that question, you know, people go, what do you mean? Like, uh, wh- what are you asking? I'm like, you, you reading a book, you going to the gym, you taking a walk. Well, I do that with my wife. No, with you. You in the morning, stretching, meditating, praying, like journaling, like you spending time working on you. Because your wife, I, my wife and I do not line up very well when it comes to watching movies. You know, I'm a sci-fi freak. She's a romantic comedy freak. Like, it just doesn't line up perfectly. Uh-huh. No, she'll make the the occasional, oh, yeah, I'll watch it with you. And she already knows my pattern. She goes, you watch the same movies all the time. Well, it's pretty easy because I don't like to watch television. And when I do, I want something familiar. So I want you to get back for this for a moment. So if we have 168 hours, you subtract the amount of hours that you sleep, the amount of hours you work, you, you, you have a whole bunch of time left. And then I say, how much time are you working on you? And most people respond like, oh, about five to ten hours a week. Five to ten hours a week. So you're really spending um, less than about 45 minutes a day on you. And that's sad. Wow. You know, you can go to the gym today and ride the treadmill uh, or ride a bike or do something and listen to an audio book. You can listen to the next episode of Adam. Now you're doing basically an hour's worth of personal development in 30 minutes because you're personally developing yourself by exercising. It keeps you alive and keeps you moving forward. Plus, you're listening to something today that's going to expand your mind. All right? So that's 30 minutes. You've time collapsed. Basically, your workout down to 30 minutes. You do that, you know, seven days a week, which you should be doing any any kind of outside activity as much as possible because you need the vitamin D to help you feel good. We get depressed. You know, especially in cold areas like Colorado, when there isn't sun out, I can get depressed really easy, so I need the sun. So get outside as much as possible. And then how much time are you giving of yourself to your partner? Um, I sleep every night next to my partner, five hours. So that's four, I give her 40 hours out of the week. Well, how much are you really spending wow. in conversation, <laughs> talking and, and really deep diving into, like, what you guys are working on? And you're like, I don't know, maybe, you know, a couple hours when we go to the movies. Uh, once again, like, how much time are you spending engaging in conversation? Uh, 30 minutes a week. And that's just okay to say where it's at. Then you're asking yourself, well, how much time are you spending working on your dreams? And you're like, um, I, I don't. I talk about them a lot, but I'm not working on them. All right, cool. So all we have is time. And I'm not promised tomorrow. Yesterday is gone. So as I say, yesterday's dust. Today is a must. You must be mindful of what you've been doing. So that's where I spend all of my time each morning. The first 15 minutes of my day is in reflection. I look at what I did yesterday. Even though yesterday is is dust, it still holds the key to today. It's a pattern. The same pattern's probably been showing up for the last probably 15 to 20 years in my life. I have a roller coaster when it comes to my health and my wellness. I I get really good for a short period of time, and then I'm really bad for a long period of time, and then something happens. A doctor tells me, you know, like, you're getting older. You need to kind of get yourself back in, you know, progress of losing weight and getting your mind again going. Before you lose and get problems like your father with Alzheimer's and dementia, you need to have more cognitive function and flow. So these little things pop up, and what, what we don't do is spend any time looking at our week or our moments in our day in saying, what could I do better? What, where, where could I make a pivot from yesterday so I don't end up at the same position as I did yesterday? Frustrated, mad. And, and what I realize is all comes down to time, seconds, and every moment matters. 
And when I get really real with myself, because the word's the only thing I have, and I say, you know what, I need to love and honor my wife better than I've been doing. I can't just send her an occasional card. I can't bring her occasional flowers. I can't take her out on an occasional date. Like, when's the last time I got my hands dirty in the garden with her? When, when's the last time that I actually spend just time asking what she would like to do today instead of always telling her what I want to do? When's the last time that I went to my kids and said, you know, what would you guys like to do today? And they're like, I don't know. And I'm like, cool. What could we do together would be fun? I don't know. Well, of course, because I've come at it with the same kind of question all the time. I need to figure out how to get right. on their level. Right? So all of this stuff goes back to figuring out how to live a fulfilled day. Because if you realize you know, the only uh, thing matters is – go ahead. No, no, no. You no, finish. finish. Okay. The only uh, thing matters. I'm so sorry. I, I, I'm so sorry. I had to – something just – jumped at me right there when you said you go to your kids and you ask them what they want to do today and they say I don't know and I that was always my answer in fact to this day that's usually my answer if somebody asks me a question like that it's like I don't I don't know and somebody comes to me and says well that's not an answer and I, and I say I'll say you no, it, it is an answer it's the answer I'm giving you I don't know Most of us are bored. Yeah, most I, of I, us. And, and I see, and I see this with pretty much everybody. Yeah, okay. We're bored. We're stuck. We're in the trap. Yeah. The trap is, is that we wake up in the morning and we go live our work life, and that's the roller coaster. So your personal and your work life; those are the two areas. And if you draw, you could draw two loops, and that makes the roller coaster. And just on the other side of that is your dreams. And you can't get them. They elude you because you're stuck in this trap and you're going around and around and around and around. And so what happens? You know, when's the last time you sat and you just doodled with a piece of paper and you dreamed? When's the last time you went outside and, and laid on your back and looked up at, at the sky and watched the clouds go and the airplanes go by? Probably not in a long time, if not never. When's the last time wow. you went and got down on your knees and you looked at a flower and you watched a bee land on it? And you just watch, like, how it pollinates and what it does and how it flies from thing to thing and how you look at, like, the dirt. and Everything's energy. So where are you giving your energy today to that thing, that elusive thing? My podcast today that came out is all topical about will you remember today in five years? Probably not because you're so stuck in the trap of trying to get to the next thing. Like, if I can just get to the next thing, then I'll get to the next thing. But you'll probably forget about that thing because you're so caught up. In, in wasting time, money, and energy on things that don't matter. The only thing that matters is getting complete one thing, yourself. Are you the best physical version of yourself that you can offer to the society around you, the world, to all of your relationships? Do you remember dates? Do you remember people's conversations? Do you show up unexpected in people's lives and they go, why are you here? Because it's your birthday. How did you know? Because I remembered it because it's an important day because you are an important person in my life. Well, if you had all the money in the world, you'll probably lose it because you don't know how to keep yeah. it. You said you have a financial advisor, so you got somebody helping you today. And, and somebody's helping you in an area you probably you didn't know too much about and you probably didn't care too much about because it doesn't sound like you, Adam, is too caught up in the whole money game. What you're really about is adding and delivering value. You're not doing this for, for just right. anything. You're doing this because the podcast, the show, it's value. You love being of service. You love giving to your audience. You love making an impact. And that all comes back 
That is like a wave of emotions when you help somebody and you say, man, I just want to say thank you for giving me the opportunity to help you today because by helping you, I help myself. That's probably why you do what you do, Adam. You're not far off. Uh, not far off on that at all. Uh, you know, the, fact, the fact is, is I do not have an orientation towards anything that requires heavy mathematics beyond addition, subtraction, and multiplication. Uh, that's just not how I was wired. Uh, another story I like to tell is that, uh, you know, from a very early age, academically, I was classified as gifted, which means I was on the, always on the advanced everything. Now, I came out of uh, secondary or high school with enough advanced placement credits that I already had over a semester of college completed. Uh, I had advanced this, advanced that, advanced everything in my courses, and I did very well with it with very little effort. Uh, however, it seemed like I spent about 90% of all my time struggling to survive in a curriculum that I had no passion for, no interest in, which was mathematics. So naturally, because I'm really good at history, I'm really good at English, I'm really good at uh, I'm really good uh, at a lot of other things. I even had some aptitude for science. I could understand the basics of science, like I can to this day. But I couldn't solve a parallelogram for x or anything like that. And the whole concept of doing so bored the hell out of me. But because I'm gifted, I should be taking the advanced this, the advanced that. So what happens is the same time I'm getting all these advanced placement credits, I'm getting deficiency reports in this math class I shouldn't have been in in the first place. And so somebody might look at that holistically and say, you know, I'm getting a sense that mathematics and algebra and, and trigonometry, that's probably not your gig. Uh, so when you're thinking about your life choices and what you want to be when you grow up, you might think about something along these other areas where you seem to excel and, where, and you talk about all the time and have such passion for. But the approach I think we give people, unfortunately, is the one that I received is, well, you know, maybe you shouldn't be in that gifted program, and maybe we need to get you back to a regular English class and a regular history class so you can have more time to work on your math, because this is disgraceful. And how do we tell our friends you got a deficiency report in, in trigonometry? Now, see, see how that was completely asked backwards? So let's literally deny me the opportunities to excel where I excel so that I can have even more time to be forced to do something that I hate, that I'm no good at. Oh, I, I think in a very early age. We get that message. We get that message all the time in business, too. I see this with, with entrepreneurs who are told, don't leave money on the table and, and, uh, and uh, you know, don't worry about what you want to do. Worry about what the market's going to buy. Well, yeah, you have to obviously, you need to sell stuff that people are going to buy. I mean, you're, you know, Tony, you're in a business where that's the paramount consideration. But at the same time, you've got to enjoy what you do, and it's got to be the intersection of your brilliance and passion. Um, the things that I got all the advanced placement credits in, that was my intersection of brilliance and passion. All this mathematics stuff to this day, I don't know, and I don't care. Uh, to the, the, answer, the answer to the question of, what do you mean your, this doesn't apply to you when you grow up? The fact is, I grew up a long time ago. I'm 40 years old. It still doesn't apply to me. And you know why that is? No, why that is? And I, and, yeah, and I alluded to this very early on. The reason why is like, say, for instance, you know, like my, uh, you know, doing accounting, doing tax planning, um, doing financial planning and things like that. 
I know that's not my brilliance and my passion. So you know what I did? I hired somebody for whom it is his brilliance and passion, and he's damn good at it. And there is nothing wrong with that because it gives me more time to focus on fulfillment in my day. But we miss that way too often, and it just irritates me. <laughs> oh, yeah. When you find your purpose and your passion, everything else begins to shift. When you are fighting your existence because you are lost, you are stuck. The moment you realize you are stuck and you say to yourself, like, I see myself as better than I am, but I really don't know what to do, that's the lie you've been telling yourself. You do know what to do. You, you, you were told, and we went back to that in the childhood thing about asking. We just forgot it. We have to kind of – Yoda taught us. You know, you've got to unlearn some of the things that you learn. No, we need to relearn some of the stuff that we learn and realize that maybe – and I was in, you know, sixth grade history class, not paying attention to world studies and places like Italy, because that's the place that I travel to the most with my family. Do you know how much of an appreciation yeah. I have for it today? So my mom was a special ed teacher. I was in special education all the way through basically high school. I didn't talk until I was four years old. Then I took, because I didn't talk until I was four, my parents thought that there was something, you know, medically wrong with me. I just needed some time to catch up with everything that I've been hearing before I wanted to speak. As you can tell, I don't shut up. I keep talking. And yeah. what I did is I then parlayed that into a radio broadcasting career. I started in radio at age yeah. 11, 12, and 13, FCC license at 13. And I was a radio air personality. It's where I met my wife. And then I hung up the, you know, the headphones 18 years ago. I never look at somebody for where they're at. I look at what's possible inside them is their, their condition, their spirit, their their drive, their They'll do more when no one's looking. Those are the types of people that I want around me because I know that they they have it. They're the, they're the ones that are wired just a little differently. You know, for me, I have no dimmer switch. I'm either all in or I'm all out. So I'm either all on or I'm all off. And you have to try to find yeah. people in your life that are wired like that. Now, you said it best. Like, you're not great when it comes to mathematics, so you, what did you do? hired somebody and found somebody who is. We have to do that in a lot of areas of our life that we're not an expert in. You know, I come to work. I lead a team along with my two childhood best friends that I've known all my life, 36 employees. We literally are in the logistics space. We're in the health and wellness industry. I go to – I travel for the next uh, 80 days. I'll be gone 40 of them. I'm always going somewhere helping somebody to understand what's possible. Yeah. You help people to see for themselves what they can't see. So I help people to see their blind spot. That's really my gift. My gift is just to help you or anybody listening see your blind spots. Your blind spots are there, and once you identify them, they are no longer blind spots. They are choices. And once you are identifying what is holding you back and someone gives you a vision or shows you a path and you choose not to step, I, I kind of step to the side and say, okay, I'll be here, but you need to come see me when you're ready. I'm not going to hound you on it. And that's a great right. teaching tool for anybody listening is, you know, so many times we get frustrated because somebody didn't follow our path. Not everybody's supposed to. And so our job is just to show up and yeah. be of service and, and to, to lend a hand. That is, that is something. And, you know, we want to talk about our 
passions a little bit more and fulfillment in our in our day. Uh, I think a lot of this does, in fact, stem from our childhood, and I keep coming back to this. I mean, because, you know, you told me the example, uh, you told our listeners the example of uh, your journey from a very early age. By the time you were 18, you had 16 different jobs, and didn't you get fired because you gave your brother an ice cream cone? I did. Like I that? gave my brother an ice cream cone. The only <laughs> job I've ever been fired from. Yep. And he told me, he, I remember it. I can go back to that dripping ice cream cone at the boardwalk in Santa Cruz, California. He says, you don't have to do this. I said, no, it's okay. Don't worry about it. It's fine. You know, and I was just speaking because, you know, I was immature. I didn't realize that it was wrong because I was giving away something that wasn't mine to give away in the first place. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, but then again, you think it's part of your story to this day all these years later, and it obviously had an impact on you. And even though you recognize as a mature adult that, no, you should not have given that ice cream cone away, or at very least, you should have reached into your own pocket and paid for that ice cream cone, the very, very minimum. Uh, I mean, that's hindsight. But the fact that you gave your brother that ice cream cone means something to you if you're talking about it 20-some years later. Oh, yeah. I mean, I tell people that the real funny, the, the joke around this whole thing was, um, a couple of minutes earlier, prior to that experience, I had served up four different cones of ice cream to a group of kids, and I went to turn around to get the last cone, and they were gone. And so I picked up the phone that's near the cash register, and I called the security desk. I said, by any chance, did you catch that on film? They said, oh, our cameras are off. I said, could you please turn them on? Two minutes later, my brother walked up, and then I gave him the ice cream cone, and that phone rang, and I said, Tony, can we see you? And I'm like, sure. And I went, and they said, we got to let you go. I said, okay, I totally understand. And and that was yeah. just me, I think, at a point in my life going, you know what, I wasn't doing what I, I wanted to do, and that was a great learning lesson. I've been able to use it for many times and lessons to teach my kids. You know, you, you got to do stuff with integrity. It, it's everything you got. You got to be honest and open with people, and you got to just – maybe it's not going to be for them, but you still got to tell them the truth. Yeah, and, you know, I think all of us, and I've covered this on other episodes of Business Creators Radio Show, and unfortunately, we only have 10 minutes left. But a theme that's come up for me several times, and for our guests several times, are things that, I mean, let's face it, we, we're all human. We've all had that moment that wasn't exactly our finest hour, and where you did something that was just wrong. I mean, we've all done it. And as I see it, you have a choice. You can continue to be ashamed of it. You can continue to hope nobody finds out about it. Or you can look at it as a necessary part of your journey. You can look at what you gain from it. Uh, you know, and when some of those cases in my life, the theme that recurs for me is that every time I had one of those moments that wasn't exactly my finest hour, I was at that point one step away from a major breakthrough that has accelerated my success and my fulfillment. So that's just my that's just for me, how I've chosen to embrace those things. But what is your thought on that? Because you know, we've all had moments that just weren't our finest hour when we were, you know, we did something that was just wrong, or you know, maybe we were just outright mean to somebody. I mean, we're all human. Yeah, I mean, everything today is a lesson. Everybody around us is teaching us. My, but, my good buddy and neighbor, Todd McGuire, taught me this. He goes, you know, everybody's a teacher. They're teaching you good lessons and good and bad lessons. And I, um, you know, I think everything that I've done up until this point has taught me that, you know, everything I'm doing is just laying a step in stone, like a stepping stone in front of me to keep me going on my path. And I've got off so many times yeah. on the road at the wrong, the wrong exit 
to only find my path to get back on the right road. And so, I, you know, I tell people, if you make a mistake, admit that you made a mistake. My program teaches me a lot of stuff, which helps me to recover faster, which is, you know, just, just get out of self and into basically admitting that you made a mistake. In my family, we're not allowed to say, I'm sorry. I don't like that word anyways. So we ask for forgiveness, and I tell you what I did wrong. And then you tell me what you did, what, what I did wrong back. You're like, Tony, you know, I saw that you made that mistake. I, I saw that you uh, you didn't take out the garbage, and you said you did, so you lied a little bit about it, like whatever that may be. And, and really what it's helping me to realize is i gotta get, I got to work on getting better every day. <laughs> and some days I'm going to have bad days, and some days I'm going to have good days. But as long as I'm alive, my heart's beating, I'm catching a breath every once in a while, I'm talking to you, Adam, I'm meeting a new friend, and, you know, getting to share my passion with a new audience. Today's a good day because at the end of it, I get to go home and be with my family, see my wife, and I got to lay my head down. And if I get to do it all over again tomorrow, that was a fulfilled day. We're all going to be facing something. You know, everybody you meet is going to be facing some, some journey, some obstacle, something. And my job is to be as compassionate as possible for every human being I meet on planet Earth. Because I don't know what your struggle is, and you don't know necessarily what my struggle is. But the one thing we have in common is our heartbeat. And if I get in sync with people whose heart is actually beating and they're caring about where they're going, or maybe I'm a believer, maybe I'm the only Bible they'll read today, and I sit and talk to a, a stranger, somebody on the side of the road. Maybe I push in a shopping cart that isn't mine, but I put it back into the shopping cart, you know, in the store. Maybe I get out of myself today. Maybe I, I send a homeless person that I know a, a laptop. Maybe, maybe I buy the person behind me a cup of coffee. If I can get my heartbeat to be in sync with more people, I'm going to have a good day. And when I have a good day, those begin to add up to good weeks and good months and good years. And then you look back and you're like, you know how far I came? One day at a time. And I just keep doing what I know it is to be right, to be honest, to forthright, to do the next right thing. And I, I begin to worry less about, was that right or wrong? You know, my pastor buddy always tells me, why don't you just ask yourself this one question? Is this wise? Is this wise? Is this wise that I make a little flub today? Is this wise that I do that? And everything begins to line up with, I know where I'm going today because I know where I've come and I'm not going in that direction anymore. I'm heading in a better direction, and the yeah. better direction is my family is intact today. My business is thriving today. I'm of service today. All yeah. those things change from my old belie my beliefs and behaviors. Right, right. So we have about um, we have about uh, five minutes left on this show, and I just want to you know before I turn the floor over to you at the very end, there's one thing I want to mention here, and we see this a lot, particularly in the area of social media. Is I'll, I'm going to cut to the chase here. You get people who get all hysterical about things they see on the news. Uh, and they want to, quote-unquote, debate about it, which usually involves name-calling and shouting is what it comes down to. And I have found that I have an unbelievable amount of peace in my life and fulfillment in my day because I only check the news, and I put that in air quotes, about a half hour a day at the time of my choosing. And I simply do that so that I can have some level of information about the world in general. It's not because I want to discuss it with a bunch of people or I want to share my thoughts because I just can't stay silent any longer. Those who know me well know that I'm far from silent. I just choose not to share it on my social media feed. Um, an example I give is um, this is a couple months ago. Uh, this is one of the cases where we had launched, uh, I believe it was airstrikes on a Syrian 
for my cigar club, and I started getting these direct messages like, oh, my God, we're going to war. Do you see what's going on? It's like, no, I don't know what's going on. How can you not know we just bombed the Syrian airfield? I really did not know. But, but, but don't you – no, I don't worry about it because I'm at a cigar function right now. And besides, are you, are you sure this is really happening? You're not just following your fake news again? And they said, no, no. The, the president is on TV right now giving a speech. And my answer was, cold, and he's explaining it to you. I'll catch him later. Now, my fulfillment is I don't let that stuff weigh me down day in and day out like it used to. Uh, what would you say to somebody who doesn't even recognize – the extent to which they are allowing other people's agendas to be planted into their brains and have it dominate their thoughts and their conversations in the way I just described. No, I, <clears throat> I love it. You, you actually made me cry a little bit because I was laughing so hard. I had to put the phone on mute. <laughs> um, yeah. So here's, here's an interesting thing. I, I talked about Gandhi's quote, be the change. Okay, if you, if you really listen to what that says is be the change you wish to see in this world. So I don't go to other people for approval. I don't go to other people for their opinion. I go to other people because I want to build relations with them. So I'm like you. I don't get into public controversy. I'm so thankful I have a program that teaches me to hold my opinion to myself because, you know, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. I could die today and the world will keep moving. So what I have done is been able to simplify everything by be the change. What does the change mean? It says it doesn't mean that you change. It means I change. So I need to change my opinions, my views, and my values. And by doing so, hopefully you'll lead by example and other people will follow and go, hey, you know that guy, Tony? I never see him get into any controversy on Facebook. I never see him tweet out something that he deletes. I never see him on LinkedIn post an article and then he retracts it. You know why? Because he's living on an authentic, fulfilled life. And so, once again, it's like haters and other people. I don't even watch the news. Do I know what's going on? Of course. Go, go buy your local water cooler. Go buy a, any, any area you can. You'll always hear people chatter. Because they're, they're too caught up in what other people are doing instead of figuring out what they should be doing. And right. if they would focus more on themselves, they, they would actually, in turn, be helping the situation. We have a Facebook page uh, for our community we live. Everybody bitches and complains about people driving fast, blah, 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 blah. I go, you know, if you would actually be the change and actually concentrate on fixing the association, going, telling about the paint, the roads, and everything else, and you drove your energy in there and all of the people in there, you would be the change. Instead, you are the problem. Yes. So right. You choose Very today. True. The solution is available to everybody. Yes, absolutely. So we are actually at the top of the hour. We have about a minute and a half left, and I want to give 30 of those seconds to you. Tell our listeners how you serve business creators and what they, and what they can look forward to when they reach out to you. Sure. Uh, Shipoffers.com, great website for you to tune in, learn a little bit about what we do. We help marketers not buy inventory up front. We sell it, and then we teach you a way to make money. Also, uh, you can check out my podcast, TonyGGShow.com, tons of episodes inspiring people. Look, at the end of the day, I'm here to add value to your life. I'm going to help you to get out of the trenches if you're stuck and you don't know what to do. You're listening, so you made it to the end of an incredible episode. I hope there was so much value that you're in that spot to take action somewhere in your life. Go listen to some more episodes of Adam. Go listen to some episodes of myself. But just want you to know one thing. You're on the right path because you're at the end of the episode. That means you made it to the end. Keep moving forward is the key to life. Absolutely. And, Tony, I want to thank you so much for being with us today. It's been an honor, an education, and heck of a catharsis. 
Man, I appreciate the opportunity to be on your show, and thanks, uh, Adam, for creating space for me to be here today. All right. So, everybody, that was uh, Tony Grebmeyer, uh, Tony G. And for everybody listening, this is Adam Homie, host of the Business Creators Radio Show. Please check out our recent and our upcoming episodes at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com, where we help you win at the game of business and marketing. Until next time, have a great day. Take care.